Welcome to The Radiant Life with Tatiana. I am your host and I'm obsessed with empowering you to live and create the best life possible. I'm a master mindset coach, breathwork facilitator, and a passionate little Latina who loves sharing the magic behind your subconscious mind and energetics. If you're looking to uplevel your mindset, learn all about spirituality and manifestation, and to be inspired in making a change to embody your best self, you are in the right place. My goal is for you to see and unlock your limitless potential, to have the tools to break free from the chains holding you back so you can create and live your most radiant life. I am so excited to have you here listening today. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Radiant Life Podcast. Today's episode, I want to share with you how I have specifically healed and overcome my anxious attachment style. I have about seven tips, things I did that I believe you can take with you and apply to yourself in your life. And I'm really excited to share how I did this because many of you have been listening to my podcast. You found me, you know my story with Evan and relationships and all things healing. And I want to share with you specifically how I did this while also inspiring you to know that wherever you're at does not mean you're stuck there and it doesn't dictate your future. I have talked to so many women about, you know, attachment styles. And I think it's beautiful that you guys have such awareness of having this most common one is anxious attachment style. But I don't want you to think that it's who you are. And it's like, oh, well, that's just how I am. It's like, no, no, no. You have the awareness. Now it's time to get the resources and tools to heal it and overcome it so that your relationships can blossom. And if you guys know my story, I went from anxious attachment style to avoidant attachment style when I met Evan to now secure in the healthy attachment style. So I want to share with you how I healed and overcame this one. I will be recording another episode on how I overcame and healed the avoidant one. And I hope you have tools and more awareness to walk away after today's episode. But before we dive in, I have an exciting announcement to share that's been really fun and exciting. I know I haven't recorded in the last few weeks, but I've been working on a little project behind the scenes. And so for those of you who have been listening and are going through, you know, maybe a heartbreak, a breakup, a healing journey, this is going to be for you. So many of you guys have got the heal- free healing guide, which thank you for downloading. Thank you for all the feedback. I'm so happy it's been of support for you. And I know that many of you aren't ready yet to invest in radiant relationships and a coaching program. So I have created a middle ground here. And I have created a three-part series ebook for you. So it is called Take Your Power Back. This is for you if you are healing from a breakup, a heartbreak of any sense, and you want to do a little bit more deeper healing. But more importantly, it's here to help you reclaim your power, build back your self-love, your confidence, and your life back. Because when we go through heartbreak of any type, we go through an identity shift and our world kind of feels like chaos and we're not the same person we just were, right? And it's balancing through this healing, this grief stage while also discovering, okay, who am I now? And when we go through heartbreak, it can you know, do a toll on our self-love, on our feelings of confidence and feeling good enough. And so with this ebook, my intention is for you to reclaim your power back, reclaim, you know, your goals and vision in life, your routines so that you can show up as the best version of yourself. 
And so how it works, it's a three-part series ebook. I don't want you to have one long ebook with like 100 pages that overwhelms you. It's three ebooks in one, and it's an interactive ebook. So if you guys know me, if you listen to the podcast, you know I'm always like information is shit unless you do something with it, right? So it's interactive, meaning there's space for you to do the activities and the exercises one step at a time and not feeling overwhelmed because healing and change takes time. And you're going to have links to resources, to tools to really help you every step of the way. So oh, I'm so excited. If you're like, this is exactly what I need to start. You can go ahead, da- download it. It's only $47. You get lifetime access to it. And the link to purchase it is in the show notes below, or you can go on my website at tatianacuto.com backslash TYPB dash ebook and get ready for you to feel like you are reclaiming yourself post breakup, post heartbreak, and it's going to do wonders for you. And I'm, I'm just so excited. Okay. So special announcement. I'm so, so glad I got to like share that now with you. Let's dive into this attachment style. So let's briefly start with what are attachment styles, right? So attachment styles develop from childhood and they linger into adulthood and how we show up in our relationships. And they come from how we were given, received love and attention as children from our caregivers, right? Like, so as kids, we're dependent on our caregivers to have our needs met and be loved. And if we didn't receive what we needed the right way, or it could be in like the early stages of relationships, we can adopt unhealthy attachment styles. And you know, it's human nature to seek love and support and contact and comfort and touch and relationships. Like that's one of our human needs. It's why we're here on earth. It's why God created us is to have these relationships with people. But some behaviors, some things we've gone through, you know, as we grow up, create these bad mechanisms of how we show up in relationships. And if we're operating in a poor attachment style, it can lead to breakups. It can lead to arguments and conflicts. It can lead to losing our identity in relationships, losing friends, detaching from the world. Right. And it's important to understand like, why do I behave the way I do? And so I do cover a little bit of this attachment style in the ebook. Actually, obviously I go way deeper into it in radiant relationships, but it's important for us to have awareness with it. So there are four attachment styles. They're anxious, avoidant, dismissive, and secure. If you want to like go deeper into all four of them, you can listen to episode 126. But today I'm going to talk about how I healed my anxious attachment style because it can make relationships feel like an emotional roller coaster. But there's hope for change and just understanding the root understanding your thoughts and your strategies can help you overcome it one step at a time. So like I said, in my first serious relationship, I have the anxious attachment style. And so textbook, this looks like, you know, feeling like your partner is your better half and you can't live without them. You, You genuinely are like, you struggle with the thought of living life without them, right? And being alone in general, maybe you can typically have a negative self image with yourself, poor relationship with you and your self love and your confidence. You can often seek approval and validation from external things and people. You can become clingy. You can have behaviors of people pleasing, the fear of abandonment, 
constantly worried that they may leave you or they may cheat on you or that they don't love you as much as you love them, right? And because of all of these, you know, anxious fears and and behaviors around this, you may struggle also expressing your emotions because they're so intense and that may lead into outbursts of anger or jealousy. And it can typically come stem from the belief of not being good enough. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oof, that's me or that's my partner. Okay, cool. Let's, let's go a little deeper into it. So for me, my backstory in that previous relationship, I met him when my parents just got separated and my father moved out like that week. And I think that's what triggered this anxious attachment style in me. Cause like growing up, my parents, um, gave me the love and my needs were met and I didn't really have these fears until the divorce separation happened. And I was a teenager at this time, just like such a fun age. Right. And that's what I believe triggered this anxiousness in me. And like not really having like this male figure in my day-to-day life, even though my dad was still around, not having this strong foundation family anymore. It was like ripped from me. And I was a teenager and I was still really confused and it just felt like my world was crumbling. And of course, coincidentally, this is when this, you know, man came into my life. And so when I got in this relationship and we actually started dating, it felt like he was my saving grace and a part of my new identity. And overall, it was a very healthy relationship, but I had unhealthy moments and unhealthy behavior sometimes. So a few things of how I behaved in that relationship was like, I didn't like to do things alone. I always wanted to do everything with him. Um, man, I'm like, ah, I'm like shedding light to some really like cringy, embarrassing moments, but Hey, I'm going to keep it raw and real with you guys. Cause like, this is what I went through. I was young. I was naive. I was uneducated and this can be showing up in your life still. And so there's no judgment here. Just I'm being really open and vulnerable. Okay. So yes, I didn't like to do things alone. If he wasn't answering my phone calls, my mind would spiral and I would panic and I would think worst case scenario, like did he get in a car accident and die? Did somebody jump him? Like just unrealistic thoughts. When he was in college, I remember calling him like 32 plus times once he wasn't answering. So it would ring, go to voicemail, hang up, call again, hang up, call again. Like it was like psycho mode because my anxiety was just like taking over me. Deep down, I didn't think I was good enough for him. I kind of like saw him as a pedestal. He was older than me. Um, those in my high school, like, you know, he was popular. So like, I just felt like, why would he be dating me? Like those were deep insecurities. And on top of this, like at that time, I already was struggling with a lot of self-love and self-acceptance and being good enough. So it just like propelled that deep insecurity in me. Um, I was always asking his advice. And so, yes, I've had this behavior even before him, like struggling, making decisions, but it was constantly that, you know, need for validation. I would, you know, kind of clingy and this wasn't always, but these were some behaviors looking back and reflecting. I was like, oh wow, like this wasn't healthy. Right. Our relationship obviously did. And mainly because of me and some of my behaviors, it was too much. And I also would rage. I had big emotions. These were times where I was struggling with depression. I was with my Adderall, like he saw a lot of ugly sides of me. And so I had just a lot of emotions come up or fear. And I had a fear of like him leaving me and it just 
I couldn't handle that. I was in therapy at this time a little bit too. And I think this fear re-triggered like emotions of my parents separation that I didn't heal. Right. And lastly, like I felt like I loved him more than he loved me. And like, he was my better half. And that like, how can I live life without him? Like, but like I was whole before him, right? We can always live without someone. Oh, so I'm sharing the bad parts of myself in this relationship right now. Like the relationship overall was, was very healthy and there was a lot of love and respect, but obviously I'm honing in on this, these things just so you have a backstory. Like, yeah, I, I had a little bit of crazy in me. And so obviously this did play a role in our breakup because that was too much and he needed space and it tore me apart. But no matter how bad that heartbreak was, that was like one of my biggest heartbreaks until Evan and I went through ours without it. I would not have healed this attachment style. So deep down, I'm grateful for it. And this is why I really have developed the mindset that things are always happening for us. And God makes good of bad situations. And I truly would not be here. I don't know where I would be. I may have be, be drugged up on depression pills, masking away some of the pains, right? Or we would maybe be together and unhappy. So things always happen for a reason. And so, yes, I didn't heal this fully properly to begin with because eventually I went into avoidant, but there were a few things I did do. And as I became more mature and older, I was able to fully heal this attachment style. So how I healed it. Let's start. I got seven things for you here of how I did it and how you can apply it to your life. The first thing is I had to become aware of the issues, right? Like this is always one of my first steps. Without awareness, you can't make change. You need to know what you don't know. So I had to understand my triggers, my patterns, and I had to become aware of the issues and thoughts that were causing these anxiousness thoughts and where were they coming from and the why, why were they happening, right? I didn't know at this time, but like I was really struggling with things. I didn't know at this time. I was really struggling with anxiety. That's why I was put on medication. So when I made the decision to really fully heal and let me just share some of this healing, like a deeper healing came when Evan and I broke up. Like I had to fully heal from my past. So I had to reflect on the relationship and become aware of the moments I felt the most anxious or needy or not enough. And I had to ask myself why, like I had to identify why did I feel that way? What specific emotions did I actually feel? What stories and fears were I creating in my mind? And like, this could be situations where your partner is emotionally distant and you, you perceive that as a, like a threat of rejection or abandonment, right? You could become aware of like, what's the story? Why am I so fearful of them like dying or cheating or leaving? Like you have to start questioning yourself. I always tell my clients, the best question to ask yourself is why and ask it like seven times. Cause that's how you're going to get to the root. So now with this new awareness and like it has linked to my parents separation sometimes you know that that just that abandonment like they were still there they were involved in my life there was still love but as children even though i was a teenager we make me as humans we make meaning to things and nothing has meaning other than the meaning that we give it so we have to understand what meanings am i making this mean and what stories am i creating so once i was able to bring this awareness in i was able to slowly create new stories and talk through my emotions and as the anxious thoughts would arise, I had to focus on something positive versus the negative and not let the anxious thoughts consume me and let me spiral. So the first thing is, you know, I had to become aware of all this, right? We need to understand the triggers to then prevent them from overwhelming our emotional responses and behaviors moving forward. 
So then the second thing I did, so once I had this awareness of the beliefs and the stories and why X, Y, Z, I had to begin challenging these negative thoughts and beliefs as they arise. So anxious attachment often originates from negative beliefs about ourselves and our worthiness for love. And again, like I said, at this time, like I didn't have self-love. So I had to challenge these beliefs by asking myself, like, is it true? Am I really unworthy of love? Like, why do I say that? And I had to find evidence or past experiences of like me being worthy of love. And let me just share, you are worthy just because you are. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to do anything. You being alive right now just means you are worthy of love. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like we're all worthy for love. So it doesn't matter what you've done, what mistakes you've made, what gale and shame you're carrying around you. You are worthy for love, period. So how can you find evidence that you are worthy for love? Because you're a kind person, you're a forgiving person, or evidence that others have actually loved you. And I had to remind myself that like everyone has imperfections, right? And no one is perfect. So how could I slowly practice self-compassion and remind myself that I am deserving of loving care? And so for me, like I grew up having bad negative self-talk, not being good enough. So I had to find little bits of positivity and slowly build self-love and confidence. And what I did specifically was like, I wrote down the thoughts that I would feel, the negative ones, like you're ugly, you're not good enough, you're fat. Like I had a really bad body image at this time and I had to replace them. It was fun. It was hard, but these were the beginning steps. From there, the third thing was practicing being more mindful and emotionally regulating myself. And at the time I didn't know the term emotionally regulating myself, but I had to feel my emotions or cause I, at that time I was sometimes avoiding the emotions. Um, but I had to move through them properly. And obviously I was on medication at this time and I would have so much emotions boiled up in me from past traumas that they, I would like explode in anger or when I was in college drinking alcohol and like, oh, it was not fun. So when the anxiety would strike, I would practice like, how can I be present? How can I not mean X, Y, Z? And I just had to slowly move through it. This stage, I didn't fully master until I went back into therapy, um, I don't remember what year that was. And I remember she gave me this exercise once. She's like, whenever you have those overwhelming, anxious thoughts, imagine you're putting them in like a jewelry box and you're just going to put them away there and we're going to close the box and we're going to lock it and we're going to walk away from it instead of letting them out and spiraling and controlling you. And I just remember I had to practice that and I would practice and practice. So this one came a while after Um, when I went back to kit therapy to really learn these techniques. And then obviously, if you guys know my story, like doing the work I do now, like I got into meditation and grounding and breath work because at the point of the breakup, I was not doing any of this. I was just venting to friends, alcohols in college, like, yeah, medication. But what I did do was I was able, I was in, I was working out. So I was moving the energy that way. So Perhaps to me for doing something there. But that is something I did deeper after, years after the breakup. Okay. The next thing I did, mainly more of that time, was I had to improve my independence, right? So this is kind of funny because like I actually am a pretty independent person, but I had to find my identity without him. So I knew, knew him from high school, 
when my parents got separated, it was right after my mom had like cancer. Like, so it, I, it, it just was a lot. Um, and so when I was in college, I was like, okay, well, who am I without this person and without being in the relationship? And I had to rebuild my independence back. I had to remember who I truly was. And when I was doing this like self-discovery process, I don't think I, I didn't have the right tools or guidance to really discover who I was. I was in college. I was still on medication. I was getting the degree I didn't align with. Right. But I had to find the independence and not rely on this relationship to make me happy or to hang out. So what I did was I spent more time with friends. I tried new hobbies. This is like, yeah, I was working out. Um, I focused on school and I had to learn to be okay being alone and with friends and not with a partner. And so for you, if you feel like you've lost your identity or you can't do things alone, maybe you write a bucket list and you can learn to build up this self-esteem in yourself to build your independence back. Because at the end of the day, before we meet the partner we're with, or you're not with anymore. You were you. And maybe you were in a relationship before that. So that's even more of a bigger sign to really discover who are you? Who, like, before the world told you who to be, before you got into relationships, who are you? And who are you outside of what you do? You're not the nurse. You're not the teacher. You're not the realtor. You're not the coach, the business owner. Who are you? What makes you you? What are you passionate about? What is your purpose? What brings meaning to you? And, and, and if you're sitting here, and I know this is a scary question to ask, and I, it, it is, if you do not know who you are, it's time to look within and learn to be comfortable being in stillness and looking within to discover slash create who you are. Because we all have gifts. We all have a purpose in this world. And if this is something you don't know how to do, this is where Embrace Your Radiance, this is my four-month group coaching program, comes in. It's here to help you discover who you truly are. And you will blossom and you will become a person that your soul has been craving you to be. You get those nudges, you have those thoughts and you're going to build a life of purpose and meaning and fulfillment. And the journey is amazing. So I love that program. So you can learn more link in the show notes, but the fourth step was improving my independence. Okay. Five was I had to learn how to communicate my needs and identify my needs. And this didn't really come in to play too much. I had to learn how to communicate how I was feeling at this time, but this didn't really come into play too much until I like started kind of my relationship with Evan. And I really learned this one and mastered this when Evan and I went through our breakup and getting back together. But the thing is, is like anxious attachers often have a difficulty expressing their needs clearly. There's a lot of emotions and love and blah, blah, blah. And the thing is, is like sometimes we assume because anxious attachment stars styles can also have the characteristic of being people pleasers and wanting to give love and people please everybody that we assume that people around us, friends, family, partners know what to do. That's not always true. And so we need to learn how to communicate those needs openly and honestly to your partners or your loved ones. And that remembering that expressing your needs don't make you needy. It's actually an essential part of having a healthy relationship. So when I, when Evan and I met, I, I was like hyper independent, so much independent that I went into the avoidant style, right? And so I kind of had to learn to communicate my needs more when we were actually at that stage. Because in the beginning, I was like, mm, boy, we ain't dating. 
this is just fun and games. I'm not going to express to you my feelings. I'm not going to express to you my needs because I literally did not think I would ever date him. Here I am with the ring on my finger about to marry this man. Funny how God works, right? <laughs> but I also like had to understand like why was I feeling some type of way? And so this just took time as his, him and our relationship evolved. And obviously this one went deeper into it. Um, when I went through my healing journey, because when we met, I kind of had this, like, I don't give a fuck attitude, but eventually I had to learn as we got more serious. So like in the ebook, there are some, um, written examples of like ways that you can communicate your needs or your feelings to your partner. If you're an anxious attachment style, I actually have it for each one. And in radiant relationships, we go way deeper into it. And I help you specifically on where you're at and whatever situation you're in. But for one example for today, it's like, you could just be like, Hey, I understand that you may not understand why I'm upset. And to you, it doesn't make sense, but I'm feeling anxious right now, or I'm feeling scared or whatever it is. And here, here's why I feel it. Right. And maybe you have to write this down first before you communicate it to your person. And then you could be like, I would really appreciate if you could do X, Y, Z, like these are my needs, right? I would really appreciate it if you would just call me and let me know what you're doing for the day before telling me you're going off, you're like finding out you're off fishing and thinking that like you're gone missing, right? Like learning to communicate what you're feeling, why you're feeling it, what's going on. And this isn't to excuse the behavior. It's giving you the, the space to improve your thoughts while being in constant communication with your partner. Okay. Um, six and seven. So number six is, you know, learning to set healthy boundaries. So this one kind of happened naturally because in an anxious attachment, you know, you can tend to merge your identity with your partners and you're like, you lose sight of who you are and your own need and your boundaries. And so I learned that from this relationship through the breakup. So it kind of naturally came through when I became that hyper-independent self. Some of these were a little natural without me thinking about it. But for you, you know, it's learning to set healthy boundaries and sticking to them. Respecting that you need your alone time just as much as your partner needs alone time. And building this mutual trust and respect to do things on your own so that you're not constantly relying on each other and becoming clingy or becoming like self-identified just with the relationship. So obviously when I started dating Evan, I had to make sure I didn't go back into my old ways and I had to be true to me, which it came easily to me because I was so hyper-independent. But if you're that anxious attachment style, sometimes I've seen a lot of women go from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship, right? And they keep building their identity based on who they're dating. So setting boundaries with yourself and or friends and just really being like, I'm still going to be me. I'm going to take time for myself and sticking to those so that you don't fall back into this loop of blending your identities. And finally, I had to learn self-soothing techniques. So this kind of like goes up to the other one of like emotionally regulating, but instead of relying, and what I mean by this one is like, because I would rely on my partner to soothe me, to make me happy, to comfort me, give me the reassurance in the moments of like, anxiety and despair or emotions and like of course our partners are here to hold space for us and help us but we cannot rely on them as being the only person to calm me down i've spoken to women where it's like nope this he's like 
he's my person. He's the only person that can ground me. He's the only person can help me with my anxiety or help me calm down. If you're relying on one person and what that one person is outside of yourself, that's messy. Cause what if you guys break up? What if that person passes, right? Like you can't put all your eggs in a basket and you can't put that responsibility on someone. So it's learning how to engage in activities that you can help you feel calm and secure. You know, examples, exercising, journaling, spending time in nature, you know, walks alone. This is building emotional resilience in yourself so that you're taking the control back of your own feelings because no one else is making you feel that way. Your body is feeling that way to help you reduce your independence or your dependence on someone to help you move your emotions. And of course, there's a time and place for friends and partners to hold space, but you can't rely And so for me, like, this is what I learned. And this is why I went to therapy. I did work out. I had friends. Um, And then eventually when I went through my personal development journey, like I got into journaling and meditating. Um, But yeah, like you can't have somebody be your punching bag. And that's what I did have at one point. And I was stressed at work, rage and lashed out on that person. And it's not fair. It's not fair. And so learning how to do that, whether you're in a relationship right now or in a heartbreak, like you can't, you can't do that to your partner. It's not fair to them. And at the end of the day, like I have a few few things here for you guys, but like if, when you're working on this attachment style or any attachment style, give yourself grace and compassion and patience, celebrate the progress, celebrate for not overreacting, celebrate for calming that anxious voice, celebrate for setting that boundary and build it off one on one or not one off of another, right? This takes time and effort. So celebrate the small wins and just be patient with yourself. And if you get set back, okay, cool. Sometimes we take a step back to have three steps forward. Focus on the progress you've made versus how much left you have to do and acknowledge the positive changes you can make. So just kind of like to reiterate and recap some tips on ways to cope and, and move through this attachment style. Shifting your mindset, bringing your focus onto positivity or gratitude versus the negative anxious thoughts. Making sure you're improving your independence and feeling okay doing things alone and with friends. Finding ways to feel your emotions and healing your inner fears and re rewriting your stories and beliefs, moving through anxious modalities, right? Like, so use meditation, journaling, breath work, grounding. There's a lot of free resources down there. The ebook will help guide you through that. Making sure you're improving ways of communicating to your partners and finding self-soothing practices. So you're not relying on someone else. And so with all this, you know, changing your thought patterns, becoming aware of the triggers and step-by-step And to be honest, I don't believe you're meant to do these things alone. I've been to therapy. I've hired coaches. I've done counseling. So maybe that is your next step as well. Maybe it is joining radiant relationships. Maybe it is getting the ebook first to see where it takes you. It's okay to ask for help. Healing this is a transformative journey. And the more time and self-awareness you have, the better you become and you're breaking past patterns from yourself for your maybe your whole your generation maybe you witnessed your mom be this way so that's why you're this way but you making the change you're the change maker you're doing it for yourself your parents and your future kids and remember like this isn't to shame your parents 
or yourself for having this attachment style. It is what it is, except where you're at. Everyone is doing the best they can with the resources they have. Maybe your parents didn't love you the way you really needed or give you the needs that you really needed, X, Y, Z. Okay, what are you choosing to do moving forward? And knowing that the more you know about yourself, the more you can improve your relationships. Obviously, there's so much more around this topic and I go deeper inside of it in radiant relationships where I give you more tools and tips to, to heal. And I actually like support you specifically with you and your situation. And so if you want to dive deeper into that or learn more of the protection mechanisms and how it plays a role in attachment styles, because they're two separate things, this, these both play a huge role of why you behave the way you do in life and in relationships. And it's important to understand more about yourself and how it's impacting your relationships. Cause if you're in a relationship where you keep arguing and you're not happy, or if you keep like having the same patterns in your relationships or same breakups or same type of toxic people, there's something there. So if that's something you want to go deeper in to break and transform and learn deeper, um, join radiant relationships. You can learn more in the link below in the show notes and there's payment plan options. You can read some testimonials, how it works. And you can obviously send me a message, send me an email. If you have any questions, um, that's, you can also go to my website. It's tatianacuto.com dash backslash radiant dash relationships. Um, and it's, it's a process to help you heal and really understand, you know, who you are, why you behave the way you do to then understand like what it is you desire in a partner and relationship, whether you're in one or not to then create or enhance your relationships for the better. And a big part of it is understanding your attachment styles, your coping mechanisms. And then eventually it's, we, we talk about how to communicate your needs properly. What is your communication style? What are your love languages? What are your protection mechanisms? Cause they all play a role. So if you're interested, that's a two month group coaching program, Radiant Relationships. I would love to have you inside and be able to support you specifically. And if you're not ready to invest in that, start with the ebook. It's only $47. It's going to help you reclaim your power back and get give you tools and resources to help you connect to yourself, to help you with these grounding or emotional regulating techniques, helping you build a life and routines that feel good for you. And then maybe from there, that's when you join. Maybe not. Maybe that's all you need. Um, Or if you have any questions to see what is the right fit for you, please send me a message. You can message me at Tatiana underscore Kuto on Instagram. Send me an email. It's below in the show notes. And I'm really here to help support you. But I really hope today's episode just brought some light to you. Um, You guys have an inside scoop of old Tati and how I used to kind of act and behave in relationships. And yeah, it might be a little cringy and maybe embarrassing for me, but it is what it is. I didn't know any better at that time. And the best part is, is I've healed that. I do not act that way inside of my relationships now in my relationship now with Evan. There's so much love and trust and self-love and independence and communication. You guys have seen it. And this is why I do what I do to help you do the same in your relationships or your future relationships. Um, and I hope this just shows that you're not alone. And if that you're struggling with this attachment style, you can overcome it. I hope you got some ideas and tips or questions to ask yourself to bring forward with you. And just remember to take it one day at a time. Whew, that was a long one. Well, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. I love you and continue to shine your light. I hope you have the most radiant day ever. If you valued from this, you can share it. Tag me on Instagram at Tatiana underscore Kuto or, or send me a private DM with feedback or any questions. 
And if this is your partner, if this is your friend, if anybody you know in your life would value from just hearing this, send it to them. When we share this information, we get to change not only ourselves, but those around us. And that's how we change the world. All right. I hope you have the most radiant day ever, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with me and write an Apple iTunes review so I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me, you can find me on Instagram at Tatiana underscore Kuto. Make sure to tag me in any posts that you share. I love and appreciate you so much and cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out and radiate your light into the world.